Open your Bibles this morning to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Matthew chapter 7, page 812 in the blue Bible in front of you. We're going to begin in the first verse, Matthew 7. You follow along as I read out loud. Jesus said, judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when you, there's a log in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Blessed are those who hear it and obey it. We all know that we shouldn't judge others. And yet we do. We all know that we shouldn't judge others, and yet we do it a lot. I told you that we were going to do this summer series of just allowing people to request sermons. Well, this sermon today comes from Debbie Marshall back there. Today is Debbie's birthday. Now, I don't know why she asked for this sermon to be preached. But why don't we just spend a few minutes judging her for doing that? What was she thinking? Listen to the question that I'm going to ask. And I'm going to ask you to respond. When do you find yourself judging other people? Who do you find yourself judging? Don't tell me why you do it. Who do you find yourself judging the most? Anybody? After I just picked on Debbie, nobody's going to speak, are they? Right, go ahead, Dixie. Okay. Rich? Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Politicians. Oh, that's a big one, isn't it? Right? But they deserve it. Uh, family. All right. Debbie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People who are different from us. Right? Yes. I have a real problem with stupid people. Not people who are mentally challenged. People who have normal brains who act mentally challenged. And they do the stupidest things, and then they look at you like they have no clue why they shouldn't be doing that. And I look at them, you're not that stupid. Well... I I tell people regularly, 
God gave you a brain. Take the shrink wrap off that thing and start using it. You don't want to get to heaven and God say, you know what? You didn't even turn this thing on. But we all do it. We judge constantly in our lives. But there's a big difference between judging others and using good discernment. You see, judgment is the right thing to do in some cases. There are specific examples where judgment is right. For example, judges. You know what judges are supposed to do? Judge. I dare you. Get in trouble and stand before the judge and say, well, you can't judge me. See what happens. What about parents? Did you know that your job as a parent is to judge your kids? Half the problem we see with parents today is they won't judge their kids. I wouldn't want to say anything and hurt little Johnny's feelings. No, you need to be evaluating your kid and pop them once in a while. Let them know that what they're doing is not right. What about bosses? Supervisors at work. Do you know that the company is paying them to do what? To judge. Hey, you're not doing your job. Tell your boss, well, you can't judge me. And he will explain, yeah, I can. Well, I used to while you still worked here, but I can't now because you don't work here anymore. And the the utter stupidity of, of some people, well, you can't judge me. Yeah. If you put yourself in certain situations, you're bringing yourself under judgment. Rightfully so. But there's a difference between correct discernment and judgment that's appropriate for the situation by the people who are tasked to do it and what we do. So don't act like just because it's appropriate to judge in some situations that what we've been doing is right because it's not. But I'll give you one example. We've been remodeling our kitchen, trying to. And we hired a plumber. He was recommended from another church. We paid him. And because of the way it it went down, when we thought he was going to have to get some more parts, we ended up paying him more than the agreed upon price. I haven't heard from him in over a month. I think that's wrong. To take a church's money and then not do the work. Who are you to judge? Well, I'm going to judge that I don't think it's right to steal from a church. I don't think it's right to steal from anybody else either, but, right? Is that judging? Yes. I have judged that you ought not take money from a church and not do the work. And God has said that stealing is wrong. And I don't think us saying that you ought not to be stealing from us is judging in a way that Jesus forbids in Matthew 7. We have this idea that 
it's okay for us to judge as long as what we're judging is true. Well, this plumber ripped us off. We're not judging him just because it's true. It is true. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying it's only wrong to judge other people if it's not true. You ever have somebody judge you and you push back and they say, well, it's true. Just because something is true doesn't make it your business to be judging somebody else. Discernment has to do with we as a church are judging that this plumber shouldn't have ripped us off. But what we do is we don't focus on the, the act of what was done wrong and say we don't approve of that. We end up judging and condemning the person. But judging is not our job in most cases. Paul even affirms this in Romans 14. He says, what business is it of yours to judge somebody else's employee? That employee is responsible to his boss, not to you. And then he goes on and says, each of us is accountable to God. So Paul's point is very clear that it's not our place to judge other people. That's not our job. Even if it's true, we see that the person is done. When we take it upon ourselves to condemn someone else, we are sitting in the seat of God and saying, this is my job to tell you that you're wrong. God never gave us that job. In fact, God told us not to do that. And in our pride, we begin to start looking at the other person and acting as if it's our place to point out his faults to him. To focus on what's negative in someone else's life. But the real problem, I think, with judging is not the act of judging. It's the attitude of judging. Are you with me? Because the act of judging never comes without an attitude of judging first. Judging starts in the heart before it ever hits the mouth. And generally, when we judge people, if you listen to what we said, a lot of times our judging is based on external things. You don't know, that idiot driver, what's going on. Did you ever stop and think he might have been texting while he was driving? Come on. Did you ever look at it from his perspective? You see the point? Is that we start by looking at other people of different nationalities, different genders, different shapes and sizes, and we judge them before they've ever done anything. We look down on the person as a whole, not for specific things that are wrong, but just, he's a bum. That's an attitude of judging, not just an act. But stop and think about it. What happens when we judge others? You see, judging is wrong, as we say, on so many levels. What happens when we start judging other people? God has said that judging is wrong. And that ought to be enough. 
We don't need to prop up what God has said and, and defend it and justify it. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong, and that ought to be the end of it. But having said that, there are good reasons for us not to judge. Number one, judging keeps our focus on something other than becoming better ourselves. You see, judging is not just wrong for what we do when we're judging. Judging is also wrong for what we don't do while we're judging. When we're looking at what is wrong in someone else's life, we aren't looking at what needs to be done in our own lives. And then judging becomes a distraction. While I'm self-righteously judging someone else, I'm not focusing on the things that need to be addressed in my own life. And often, usually, that which we're judging somebody else about, we're often guilty of doing the very same thing. Jesus pointed that out. Freud pointed it out. James, in his letter, pointed out that we're often very hypocritical. The very moment that we're judging somebody else, if we would stop and look, we could probably find how we were doing the same thing. That's why Jesus said, with the woman caught in adultery, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Because while we're busy throwing stones at other people for what they ought not to be doing, we're missing an opportunity to look at ourselves. Some of you may have been watching the uh, soccer matches recently. Did you see the U.S. women's soccer team won the World Cup? You might not know this, but do you know how they won? You know how they got to be so good? They got to be so good by sitting in their room just talking about the other teams and how those other women didn't look good and didn't dress right. Did you know that? No. They won because they practiced and became the better team. And by focusing on themselves and working on what they needed to do, they became the team that they needed to be to win. This is one of the biggest problems with judging. is all of the energy that we put into judging other people, we miss that opportunity to deal with ourselves. You see, being negative about somebody else doesn't cause you to make positive changes in your life. When we're looking down on others, we start believing that we're doing good. Well, I'm doing better than him. Just because you can see negative in somebody else doesn't mean you're doing positive yourself. Have you ever noticed this? That not only are we not getting better when we're judging others, have you ever noticed this? While you're judging somebody else, you might be getting worse in some areas in your own life. And we miss even seeing that because our focus is on somebody else. Judgment, though, keeps us in that cloud of negativity. 
You ever notice that? When we're judging others, you never just say, okay, I'm going to stop. You just go from person to person to person and problem to problem. Just judge, judge, judge. Being judgmental does not just stop because we're worn out. When you burn out on one person, you just go find somebody else to start judging. And you just live under this cloud of negativity, always looking for negative. You'll never find yourself getting positive by being negative about other people. Think about it. You will never get positive by looking at negative in other people. You'll never find yourself, oh, I am so glad that I wasted yesterday thinking about other people and how bad they are. It just made my day. But, another problem with judging is it what it does to our witness. As Christians, we are called to witness to other people about Christ. And when we're judgmental people, that keeps us from being able to witness the way that we should. Number one, who wants to be around judgmental people? Right? If you are a judgmental person and you're constantly putting down other people, who wants to sit around you at break time when you should be witnessing to them? Oh, I would love to sit by you because I just love the way you put other people down all the time. Would you please put me down too? Judging hurts our witness because nobody likes that kind of person. It drives away the very people that we're called to minister to. But then again, what's worse is how can we tell other people about God's wonderful grace through Jesus Christ when we're acting like we're so good and we don't need God's grace? Are you with me? We act like we're so perfect, judging other people for all that they're doing, and then we run around and say, well, you need God's grace. Well, that doesn't sound very gracious, does it? To act one way and then preach a different message. What if we were to live the grace that we're preaching? To stop acting like we're so perfect, like we don't need God's grace ourselves. But here's the question. What should you do the next time you find yourself judging someone else? You see, it's not enough good, doesn't do us any good to say, well, I shouldn't be doing this. What are some steps that we can take to break the cycle of judging other people? Number one, focus on the positive people in your life and not the negative. We all have negative people in our lives. We all do. But we also have positive people in our life as well. And when you focus more on the negative people, that's just going to make you more negative and more judgmental. Focus on the positive people that God has placed in your life. Second, remind yourself of the truth. I believe that how we think affects what we do. 
And when we forget the truth, we start acting on a different set of reality and not the truth. Well, what is the truth? The truth is this. It's not our place to judge others. You see, even though what you may be seeing in someone else's life is wrong and they shouldn't be doing it. It's not your job. It's not your place to be condemning them for what they're doing. That's God's job. If you don't understand that it's not your job, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to Macomb County Courthouse. I want you to walk into one of the courtrooms. I want you to listen to all the testimony. And just when the judge is about to pronounce, right, guilty or not guilty, I want you to stand up and say, Your Honor, hold on. I got something to say. I just want you to know what I think about this person. And the judge is going to say, what? That's my job. Nobody asked you to weigh in on what you think. But your honor, I listened to all the testimony. I know. And the judge is going to say, I don't care what you know. It's not your job. We take it on ourselves and act as if it is. But number two, the second truth is, it's not the right time. Not only is it not our place to be judging, it's not the right time. Did you know that Almighty God is waiting till the end of the world to pronounce judgment on the world? Why do we feel like we need to jump the gun and start doing it now? If God can wait till the end of the world to pronounce judgment on individuals, why do we feel like we need to do it now? If God can wait, why can't we? Not to mention the fact Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could run around condemning other people. Third, we need to remind ourselves that we're not perfect either. That's a truth. Let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Judging others is a denial of the grace that we have received ourselves. It's just pretending like we didn't get it. How did you enter into a right relationship with God? By doing everything right? Or by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. We need to remind ourselves that we are not perfect. And we have no business looking at the imperfection in other people's lives as if somehow we're better than they are. As the old timers used to say, we don't say it enough anymore, there but for the grace of God go I. We get so high and mighty and acting like we are so good, except for the grace of God in your life, you could be the worst of the worst out there. And that's the truth. Next, not only do you tell yourself the truth, but you then begin to focus on what you need to change in your own life. You see, that critical lens that you've got focused on someone else 
Turn that thing around. You start focusing on yourself. Jesus said in the passage in Matthew 7 that we read, get the beam out of your own eye. He didn't just say, don't judge. Next topic. He said, don't judge, focus on you. And if all we do is stop judging other people, but we're not critical of ourselves, we're not taking advantage of an opportunity to get better. But don't just focus on what you've been doing wrong. Behaviors. Begin to look at your attitudes. Because if everything was the way it was supposed to be on the inside, you wouldn't be judging in the first place, would you? Right? We act like everything is good when the act of judging demonstrates itself that things aren't right. That alone shows we have a problem. In fact, the moment you find yourself judging another person, stop and say, now what's going on with me? Because at that moment, there has to be something wrong in your life that you're trying to deflect, you're trying to distract from, so you can focus on somebody else. There's something in your own life you don't want to deal with, so you look at somebody else. Ask God to purge from your heart the pride that would take on His job as if it's your job. You see, Jesus wants us to understand there are two keys to defeating judgmentalism. Two things that need to change. Our eyes and our heart. Have you ever noticed this about us? And it's true, virtually unanimous, uh, universally. And I don't know why it's true, but it is. You hand something to somebody, and the first thing they'll do is start looking for what's wrong with it. You ever notice how we do that? I'm part of a forum on Facebook for photographers, and we will submit our pictures for other photographers to comment on. And we gotten into an argument this past week about judging photographs. And the, one of the women that runs the group, she's just got it in her mind that you're not helping people unless you point out what's wrong with the picture. And so I posted a picture, one of my gorilla pictures. And gorillas are one of the most, the hardest things to focus on because they're so black. The camera can't focus correctly on where there's no contrast. And so I posted the picture and all these people are coming, excellent, excellent, wonderful. And she gave me, it's out of focus. Thank you, because I didn't see that. Right? Why is it that we can't see the good? We have to immediately zoom in on what's wrong. What's, what's, what's negative about it? You'll have a great meal. The main course is what? It needs more salt. Why don't you shut up and put some salt on it and say it takes, right? Why do we have to point out the minor negatives rather than focus on the overall good? Our eyes need to be changed. God, why can't I see good? Why do I have to point out negative? Our eyes just immediately run right to it. God, give me eyes that can see good not eyes that constantly see bad. 
But the problem isn't just our eyes, people. The problem is our hearts. Because every time we see something negative, our heart betrays us. Instead of feeling compassion, we get harshness. That critical spirit. Not trying to understand where that person is, what might be going on in that person's life, anything. Just wrong. Pray that God would show you a different heart. Not that what you're seeing is wrong. When I see a plumber who rips off a church, I see wrong. The pastor who recommended him, he called me up this past week. He said, Art, he said, do you think he fed us a line? You think? And I told the pastor of the other church, I said, listen, I said, I've moved beyond him ripping us off. And I said, now for me, it's a question of a pastor. What is wrong in his life that he would rip off a church? And I said, we need to focus on how we can help him. Because obviously something's not right. Because the money he stole from us is a pittance. It really is. And the other pastor was planning on using him for other... He said, we're not going to use him at all now. And I said, we need to find out what is wrong in his life. What's going on? Because, I mean, at first I was, I was like, man, I'm going to take him to court. I'm going to go slit his tires. I'm going to, we're going to get that money back one way or the other. You don't rip off God's house. God's people. God, give me a different heart. That even as I'm slitting his tires, I'm asking, you know, I'm wanting to fix his, fix, right? I want to, I want to witness. I'll put a, I'll put a post-it note on his windshield, right? Jesus loves you. (laughs) God, give me a heart. That recognizes that person who's done wrong needs more than me just yelling at him he did wrong. God, give me a different heart. But then it becomes, God, show me how I can help this person. Just yelling at him and telling them they're wrong is not helping. You see, Jesus said, first, get the beam out of your own eye. Then, then, step two, you will see clearly what you need to do to help the other person. Too often we spend our time just saying, well, I shouldn't judge, I shouldn't judge, I shouldn't. You, that's right, we shouldn't. But how can we help that person that we've been judging? This is a great thing to do when you get caught up in someone else's judgment. You know what I'm talking about? We also call that gossip. Did you hear what this person did? I don't think that's right. Do you? And we get caught up in judging somebody else with somebody else. What if you were to stop and say, how about if we stop judging Bob? And like Jesus tells us not to do. How about if we, the two of us, let's see if we can go help him. Well, that'll shut some people up, won't it? Because very often the people who are judging don't want to have anything to do with helping the person they're judging. Well, that'll shut them up real quick. Hey, why don't we go, let's go minister to him. 
Let's go show him the love of Jesus at that point. It's not enough for us to simply stop judging people negatively. We are not called to simply not hurt other people. We are called to help them. We act like the only qualification you need to be judging is eyes and seeing negative. No. We need a heart to go with those eyes. You see, we got good eyes as far as seeing negative. We got 20-20 vision when it comes to seeing negativity in other people, don't we? We don't miss a thing. Boy, if we only had that kind of vision when it came to ourselves, right? We need to give, ask God to give us a heart to where we can take those eyes and say, God, what do you want me to do with that now? You see, if God gave you the eyes to see what's wrong in someone else's life, don't you want Him to help you see clearly what needs to be done to help that person who's done that wrong? But while we're here, you get the point on judging others. There's also another reality that we have to live with. And that is the fact that we live under judgment by other people, don't we? As a pastor, I spend my whole life under judgment. I've always got people criticizing me, telling me this wasn't right, that wasn't right. They have a better suggestion. I live under judgment. Many of those people who are judging me pretend to be my friend to my face and then judge me silently to other people behind my back. Many of those are people that I've helped. But then if they don't get what they want, then they turn around and start judging me. But come on. It's not unique to me, is it? You've experienced the same thing, haven't you? Some of the harshest judgment we will receive are from friends and family. People that we would never have expected to judge us like they're judging us. Don't walk in other people's condemnation of you. Did you hear me? It's wrong for them to judge us. It is. But how many of us then begin to walk around with that cloud of condemnation as we take that judgment on? As we begin to start believing what they're saying. And we start walking in their condemnation rather than in the truth that we've been forgiven by Christ. Jesus didn't die on the cross to pay for our sins so we could walk around under other people's condemnation. When someone is condemning you for sins that you have committed, but which you've confessed, you've repented of, and you've moved beyond, you have my permission to look at them and say, how dare you condemn me for something that God has forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? And you look at them and say, I will not walk in your condemnation. I am forgiven. I've been restored. 
But hello, you better have stopped doing it. You know what I'm saying? You can't be committing the sin and then around, oh, I've been forgiven. Don't condemn me. They shouldn't be judging you, but don't act like your sin is not a big deal if you're still committing it. You're still doing it. But just because somebody is judging you doesn't mean they're wrong. Hear me. Yeah, they're wrong in judging you, but what they're seeing in you might be truly something you shouldn't be doing. They might actually be pointing out something that needs to be addressed in your life. What? Your enemy tells you you got a flat tire and you're going to say, you can't judge me, even as you drive off on a flat tire. Why miss an opportunity to improve yourself? Besides, when they're judging you, are they really trying to help you? No. Are they saying that because they care about you? No. Here's what you do. Why don't you work on improving yourself and then come back and thank them? I want to thank you for pointing that out to me because God used that for me to become a better person. Really mess with their heads. Right? Because that's not what they were thinking, was it? When they were judging you. You see, the point of this though, this whole process of looking at judgmentalism, when we judge others, in the end we are revealing more about ourselves than we are about the person that we're judging. Because the minute we start judging someone else, we are saying, there's still some ugliness in my own heart that I'm not dealing with. And that's the biggest thing that Jesus is saying in Matthew 7. You hypocrite! You've got this problem in your own life that you're ignoring even as you're looking at somebody else and saying, um, he shouldn't be doing that. Right? God, show me the ugliness that's still in me that causes me to think it's okay to do what you told me not to do. Which is why one of the hymns of old that we loved for so many years, it's the invitation song, Have Thine Own Way. Remember that line? God, You're the potter. I'm the clay. Mold me, make me after Your will. You get the point? Our judgmentalism says, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. But when we have God break us, God, I, I don't have time to be focusing on what other people are doing wrong. I need You to mold me and shape me into what You want me to be. Can you pray that this morning? God, help me turn these critical eyes on myself and to see what I need to do with Your help to become a better person. 
God, help me not to waste my time focusing on other people when I can't change them. Even as the person I can change, me, I'm not doing anything. God, mold me. Do you want to be molded today by God? Do you want to be changed so that God is pleased with you? Because understand, you get God... God, did you see what that person did? Getting God upset about somebody else isn't going to make God feel better about you. God, I want to be changed. I don't like what I see inside of me. Help me peel back the pride that can see myself honestly. I'm not all that. And I need your help. I don't have time to waste judging and being critical of other people. I need to work on me. Do you want that? And as you start focusing on you, and you start surrendering yourself to God so that He might change you, I don't have time to be judging other people. I just don't. And even if I did have time, I'm not the right one to do it. I'm going to leave that to God. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful for your searching light. You see us the way we really are, even when we can't see it in ourselves. And God, we confess this morning how judgmental we are. God, we are embarrassed and we should be even more embarrassed for how much we've been judging, how critical we've been of other people, how harsh we are and constantly looking for negative things in other people. Even as we're just dismissing, blowing off anything that's wrong in our own lives. God, we need in this church for you to give us a different heart a heart of compassion, a heart of love for those who are hurting. Because God, if we just stop judging, if we stop saying that judgment, but we keep it in our hearts, nothing is better. We want soft, tender hearts comes to you and say, God, mold me. Shape me the way you want me to be. God, break down every barrier, every hindrance that keeps us from wanting to be changed for the better by You. So that people can see Your grace through us. Bless us this week as we go out and begin to live this message. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.